You're listening to another message from Generation City Church. We are so aware as, as a leadership that a great church, as a great man has once said and has said so many times, Brian Houston, he says that a, a great church is not built on the gifts and talents of a few, but on the sacrifices of many. And we are so aware as a leadership that that is the case with our church. That this church isn't built on one person's gifting or one name or, or, or Jesus, but, but the name of a person or someone's gift or someone's talent. But we know that it takes a whole bunch of great people to build a great church. And that is what Generation City Church is. Generation City Church is a great church. And when we've been talking about the church I see, in addition to the conversation we've been having about adding, um, adding a sixth pillar, something else that, that we've been talking about doing as well is changing the church I see to the church we see. The church that we see. You see, this isn't just the church that our senior pastors see. And I think it can be so dangerous for us to fall into a box that says, that's what he sees. That's what our senior pastor sees. And it, it almost breeds a, a um, you um, and them culture when it's so about us and we. It's us and we. It's the church that we see. It's not just the church that he sees, but it's the church that we see. I'm getting lost. I'm preaching off my iPad for the first time today, and it's very, very nerve-wracking. I'm so used to notes. But it's, it's us and we. And the truth is, the truth is that we can actually become a church that embodies every one of those pillars. We can be. We can become a church that is hungry for God. We can become a church that loves the Bible and so forth. But what's it going to take for, for, for us to actually build a church like that? You see, the church isn't the building. The church isn't the four walls and the two levels of this building here. But the church is the people that make up this church. It's the people so we can actually be a church that embodies every one of those things by being, a, by, by being people who are hungry for God, yes. by being people who love the Word, by being people unified with an unshakable love for one another, by being people that have a huge heart for the loss of the broken and being passionate about discipleship. And what I want to know tonight and what I want to ask you is how are you going embodying every one of those pillars. How are you going? Because the truth is we can fulfill that vision. We can do it. It's not pie in the sky. We can actually be that. The great thing about that, and, and um, we've been thinking about a whole bunch of different things, but as we've been thinking about this, this statement, it's, it's the church that we see. It's the church that we are simultaneous with, that we simultaneously are, and are becoming. You might think, well, how can we be something and becoming it at the same time? Well, the Bible tells us that we are saved and being saved. That it's like, it's who we are. We, this is who we are. This, this is how we identify ourselves, but it's also the church that we are becoming. And tonight we've got the heartbeat of our church gathered together, where hearts are aligned. This is kind of like, um, this is an open meeting, but it's kind of like, hey, I'm not just here because I'm part of the church that gather on a Sunday, but I'm, 
I'm that next step involved and invested in the house. I'm, I'm, I'm at that, that stage where, where I'm, I'm part of the teams that, that help make Generation City Church the great place that it is. And really, when we think about heartbeat, it's like there are so many, so many, so many, uh, I'm trying to think of the words that, that I was, I was trying to explain it to Sienna one day and she said, what, what's heartbeat? So there are so many people that help make our church awesome. And if you are one of those people that help make our church awesome, you are part of the heartbeat of our house. But we need to go from just people who, who, who hear about the church I see, but actually step in and be people who embody it, who embody it, who actually own it and live it. How are you going personally? I'm not wanting you to answer that question tonight, but I want to more or less issue it as a bit of a, a challenge. How are you going with your hunger for God? How are you going cultivating cultivating a hunger for God? How are you going cultivating a love for the word? Or is it something maybe, maybe as a connect leader, if you're here tonight and you're a connect leader, is it something that, well, you're only interested in it because it's the material that you have to deliver to your group on a, every second Wednesday night? Or do you actually own it? That's why we want to change the language behind it from the church I see to the church we see. We see, we own this, we own this vision and we own it moving forward. But how are you going? How are you going with it? We can become a church that embodies every one of those pillars. And I want to be a pillar person. I really do. I want to be a pillar person. I don't want to just be someone who spruiks the vision from the front. But I want to be someone who echoes it in my private devotion who echoes it in my private devotion, that it isn't just about when I'm up on the platform and I'm, I, I, I'm echoing the vision of our house, but I want to echo it in my private devotion. Because who I am in private speaks so much louder than any word that I can say from our platform here. How are you going with it? I want to talk to you this morning. Tonight. I don't know. I had to sleep this afternoon. and I think I've woken up and it's like morning again. Tonight, it is tonight, it is tonight. Would you turn with me in your Bible to Numbers chapter 25? In the few moments that we have, I just want to just unpack a thought. I want to unpack a thought. Ever since probably the age of 17 or 18, I have adopted a mindset that when I come to church on Sundays... And back then when I was 17, 18, I was involved with creative and have done for quite some time. Um, but I, I adopted a personal stance that I am never not rostered on. I'm never not rostered on. It's like, well, you weren't on this morning. But for me personally, when it comes to being rostered on, that it's not about a roster per se. It's not about, okay, on the 6th of November, Joel, you are worship leading. On the 13th of November, you're just going to be singing and you're just going to be playing. But for me, I've adopted a stance or a posture that says it doesn't matter whether I'm written on a roster or not. Personally, I am rostered on no matter when it is. And what I mean by that is my position around the auditorium may change but the posture of my heart doesn't. It means that I may be up here one Sunday leading our church 
leading our church in worship and praise to our God. But it means that I am just as much a leader when it comes to leading people into the presence of God when I'm standing down the front there or when I'm standing up in the back corner, when I'm standing with my wife and our children. Wherever I find myself, I am leading people into an encounter with God because I'm leading the people around me. I'm setting an example for people to follow. That's what leadership is. It's not about whether I'm up here in a prominent position or not, but it's about a posture of the heart. It says, wherever I find myself, I'm leading others into an encounter with God. I want to be one of the first followers. I want to be on the front row supporting our team as they're leading others into, the, into an encounter with God. I want, to be, I want to be easily led. I'm sowing seeds of fellowship so that when I'm up here leading as well, I'm going to reap those seeds. But wherever I am, I am never not rostered on. I want to talk to you this, uh, this morning, this evening, tonight, whatever it may be, this afternoon, in the early evening, the early hours of tonight. I want to talk to you tonight about the power of an unrostered minister. The power of an unrostered minister. And I'm intentionally using the term minister because each one of us in the capacities that we serve, wherever we find ourselves, are ministers. We aren't just volunteers, we are ministers. We're ministers. We don't have to have a title of pastor or, 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 or whatever to be ministers. But the Bible says that when we're, we're this, we're, because we are carriers, carriers of his presence, carriers of his presence, I'm, I'm, I'm a minister. I can minister. I've got the ministry of reconciliation. That's what God has, has bestowed on us in 2 Corinthians 5. But the power of an unrostered minister. I, I, I want to see a shift from a mindset that I'm a volunteer to I am a minister. I'm a minister. In Numbers 25, it's a story that I, I have um, read a long time ago. And if you've been part of the creative team for a while, you would have heard me speak from this. But Numbers 25, it says, while, while Israel... Uh, Israel was staying, um, you can insert your own word in there. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that one. The men began to indulge in sexual immorality with Moabite women who invited them to the sacrifices to their gods. The people ate the sacrificial meal and bowed down before these gods. So Israel yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor and the Lord's anger burned against them. The Lord said to Moses, take all the leaders of these people, kill them and expose them in broad daylight before the Lord so that the Lord's fierce anger may turn away from Israel. So Moses said to Israel's judges, each of you must put to death those of your people who have yoked themselves to the Baal of Peor. That's pretty negative. It's pretty, um, pretty hectic. But verse six says, then an Israelite man brought into the camp a Midianite woman right before the eyes of Moses and the whole assembly of Israel while they were weeping at the entrance to the tent of meeting. When Phineas, how cool is the name of Phineas? When Phineas, son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw this, he left the assembly, he took a spear in his hand and followed the Israelite into the tent. He drove the spear into both of them right through the Israelite man and into the woman's stomach. Then the plague against the Israelites was stopped. But those who died in the plague numbered 24,000. 24,000. 
Phineas, this guy, one act stopped a plague. It caused the Lord's anger to stop burning against Israel. But let's see, let's talk about Phineas for a moment. See, the Bible in, 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 in those verses tells us that Phineas was the son of Eleazar, who was the son of Aaron the priest. And in Bible times, the priesthood followed through the generations. So Phineas was Aaron's grandson. That made Phineas part of the Levitical priesthood. So that means that Phineas was a worshipper. Now, I know this is through the context of, 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 of worship, but that, that passage tells us that Phineas was in the assembly. He was in the group of people. He, he was in the, the, the place where all the Israelites were. He saw something and acted on it. Phineas wasn't in his rostered position for the day. Phineas was part of the assembly. He was a part of the congregation. He was part of the group of people that had come together. Phineas wasn't standing at his priestly post with an instrument in his hand or whatever it was that he would be doing, but he was part of the group of people that, that day. But Phineas saw something. But Phineas saw something and didn't allow it to just go, oh, well, that's not my responsibility today. But Phineas took it upon himself to fix the situation. Phineas went. He left the assembly and he followed this man into the guy's tent. And I've already read through the rest of it about what took place. But Phineas, his act was enough to stop the plague. But he was an unrostered minister. He was an unrostered minister. And I want to... I want to encourage us to never see ourselves as not being rostered on. As people who carry the heartbeat of Generation City Church, people whose hearts are aligned together, let's never see ourselves as being not rostered on. Now, what I mean by that, what I mean by that, is if you are part of our welcoming team, don't just be welcoming when you're rostered on, but be welcoming when you're not rostered on. If you are a connect leader, don't just be interested in your connect group people every second, every second week when they're there, but on Sunday, be looking out for them. Are they in church? Are they sitting on their own? Can, 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 I, um, can I sit with them? Can they come and sit with me? Maybe you're one of our City Kids team and maybe there's an odd occasion that you're not rostered on and you find yourself up in church. And we're praying that you're being refreshed and so forth. But, but are you in church and you see a child who is not in City Kids? Do you walk over and say hello? Do you welcome them? Do you say, hey, why don't you come down to City Kids one week with us? Creative team. 
Creative team, are you up here on our platform with so much passion, so much, so much love for God? But when you're not rostered on, maybe you're not even here. Maybe you're not even here. Maybe you're over in the, the back corner over there and you've got your arms folded. Our church can see when something's not authentic, when something's just fake and something is just put on. But I want to ask ourselves, let, let's not just be people who it's only when we're rostered on. But maybe you're, a, you're one of our service hosts and maybe you're not manning a, 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 a position one Sunday and you see someone walk into church who obviously can't find a seat. Do you sit there and think, oh, well, one of, the, one of the hosts will get to them? Or do you get up from where you are and try and help them find a seat? It's the power of an unrostered minister. And I think we are actually more effective and fruitful in those moments than we are when we're actually in our rostered position. When we're in our rostered position. I don't want to just be someone who exudes passion when it's my turn to shine. But I want to be the same person whether I'm rostered on or whether I'm not. This isn't just an attitude that I've taken on board since I'm now a staff member at church, but this is something that I've carried through my early 20s. But I'm never not rostered on. My eyes are always open. My, 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 my viewpoint and my mindset has moved past that I'm here for me. I think if we're starting to, to be, be part of the heartbeat of our church, we need to be people who have moved past this concept that, hey, church is all about me. I might be stepping on some toes tonight, but hey, if, 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 if we're going to see people embraced, if we're going to see um, people connected in, if we're going to see people part of what's going on, then we've got to be people that take the focus off ourselves. You know, there's always a time. There is a time when we need to just rest and recuperate and receive. Believe me, I'm not saying for a second that starting next Sunday, everyone's rostered on and you're going to be on till you die. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to talk to the spirit behind what we do. What we do. There might be some weeks where you don't need to be active in your ministry gifting or ministry role, but even coming in with the mindset, this is Holy Spirit today, use me. Use me to be an encouragement. Use me to lift someone's head. Use me to strengthen someone. Use me to help, to help someone feel welcome. I've got a lady that, that used to always walk up to me and she'd say, hey, smiley, don't stop smiling. Your smile is so warm. And I'm sitting here going, I was getting really self-conscious and really embarrassed. I'm like, oh my goodness, do I really? Like, I was like, oh, like, I was getting really self-conscious. But this lady felt really welcomed by my smile. Awesome. Awesome. No, it wasn't Beck. It wasn't. No. 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 
Nah, she's not welcome to buy my smile. <laughs> but it's just the spirit behind what we do. It might be as simple as that. But coming in with our eyes open. With our eyes open. I, I spoke this morning about, about Christ being formed within us. The more that Christ is formed within us, the more we see as Jesus sees. The more we value the things that he values. The more we see people the way that he sees them. But what if every time we, we were in church or in a gathering of people, I'm here active as a minister. Whether my name's on a roster or not, I'm here as a minister. I'm here to be a blessing. I'm here to sow into someone's life. You know, I, I, I look at it and I think, you know, during the worship, I've got an opportunity to, to lean into what God's doing in worship, to exalt Him. I've got the opportunity to be fed while I sit under the Word. But during the meet and greet, when the host sends it to that moment, I'm thinking... Who can I chat to? Who, who can I get to? When I'm on the platform, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to look at, God, who, who do you want me to touch this morning? Who do you want me to touch? Let's, let's move beyond being people who just function as volunteers in a rostered capacity to being ministers, to being ministers who are focused on what God is focused on. You know, in Hebrews 12, it talks about Jesus. Hebrews 12, it says, And consider him who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame. Jesus could go through the hard time because of the joy set before him. He, he, he could endure the what? The cross. Because the why was bigger. And the why was us. You know, it may cause us to step out of our comfort zone. It may cause us to need to step past our tiredness. But when we think about the why, to place value on people, to be a lifter of people's heads, to help other people see Jesus more clearly. That other people would encounter God. That other people would see him in the midst of their circumstance. To me, that's enough for me to be pushed out of my comfort zone, out of my own easy chair, out of my comfortability that says, awesome, a Sunday where I'm not doing anything. Because God still wants to move through us. He wants to move through us in those times. But what is the fuel What's the fuel for your service? What's the fuel? I've spoken a few times on a Sunday morning in our team meeting out of 1 Peter. I've just got two scriptures that I just want to share before we head downstairs and, and eat. But 1 Peter 2 verse 9, it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. The fuel for my service is that he's called me out of darkness into his glorious light. 
That's why I do what I do. It's my response to what he has done for me. Let your fuel not be whether you're rostered on on paper. Let it not be, well, I got called in last minute because someone was sick. Let it not be, I'm doing this because numbers are short and our team's small, but let it be, God, what I'm doing now is a declaration. It's a declaration and a response that you have called me out of darkness and into your glorious light. Let that be the fuel for your service. 1 Corinthians 15. 1 Corinthians 15. I've had this as a screensaver on my phone for quite some time. I've only just recently changed it. I've changed it from this scripture to a quote that says, the greatest enemy of destiny is complacency. Maybe we can talk about that another day. But this verse, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 58. It says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Every time you sit up for your connect group, you've had a big day at work. Every time you set up to host your group, give yourself fully to it, knowing that what you're doing is not in vain. When you're getting up early to come in, and minister, because you're not getting up early to come in and volunteer. We're getting up early to come and minister. Give yourself fully to it. Give yourself fully to it. Invest yourself fully. Because we know that our labor is not in vain. It's not in vain. When you're a host and you're on the door, maybe you're part of our welcoming team. You know what I've been talking about, 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 <clears throat> not just functioning when you're rostered on. I, I've, I've watched as Neil and Eve. I've seen Neil, Neil and Eve. Neil and Eve, they do a great job chatting with new people that come through our doors. But yeah, Neil and Eve are on a roster and so forth, but, but I, I've watched as it's just who they are. It's who they are as people. That when they're not rostered on, they don't just come in late and leave early. But it's who they are. And I just want to honor you for that. It's been inspiring to watch you guys do that. But it's, it's, um, it's who we are. But knowing that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you so much for this incredible bunch of people, this incredible bunch of people that make up the engine room of Generation City Church. God, I, I pray that you would pour out your blessing and your favor upon each one. Father, you have seen where they have sown, where they have served, where they've ministered, where they've given. Father, you have seen the scene and you have seen the supposed unseen. Father, I thank you that you are no man's debtor. 
that God, what we are building here is not is not for a man, it's not for a person, but it's for you, it's your house. God, I, I pray that you would infuse each one with your grace, with your empowering grace. Let your blessing and favor rest heavily upon them and their families. Guard them and protect them, I pray. God, our desire is to see Generation City Church become the church that you want it to be. A beacon of light, a place where people can find you, can find hope, can, can come into a safe place, God. I pray you would continue to bind us together in unity, God. God, that we would see your purposes and your plans achieved in this house, in Jesus' name. Amen.